0: You're listening to the Popzara podcast.
1: <laughs> it's the movie time Halloween special. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know whether to laugh or cry or cry from laughing. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. It's the Pop Zara Movie Time Podcast. That's right. It's the Halloween special. It's Halloween, so we're going to exploit you with nostalgia. That's right. Nostalgia for Halloween movies. And by Halloween, I mean spooky movies. And by spooky, I mean comedy movies. Uh, This is your host, Nathan Evans from Pop Zara. For Halloween special, we have a special, special treat for you. We have broken this podcast up into two parts because we want to double dip And get twice as many hits and downloads uh we are going to separate it into two different parts the first part we will be tackling a trio of 1980s remakes of horror classics that have the word the in it very very bad for seo but very very cool second part will be everything else that we couldn't cram into the first part so you're going to have to wait to listen to see what that is it's a lot but we got a lot of people here we've gathered the PopZara crew we have myself because i'm always here we have frequent Movie Time co-host, Ethan Bram. Ethan, welcome back. Thanks. He made it. I said all that, and you just said thanks. So I'm grateful
0: <laughs> well, I thought you were going to like just go right into the no, other piece
1: so. I'm, I'm not that flamboyant. Also- Okay,
0: well, hey, how's it going? <laughs>
1: hey, that's much better. And for that, we also have Christian Sterling from California. Christian, welcome back. Hey, everyone. How's it going? See, that's pretty. That's exciting. And lastly- <laughs> Lastly, we're importing someone from another dimension. We got our senior games editor, Mr. Corey Goulman. Galahar Corey, welcome back.
2: Another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. (laughs) It's
1: it's the multiverse. Everything's all mixed and matched. So real quick, I said we're going to be tackling some movies. We'll get into it. But I want to spam a little bit of happy news for everybody who likes Halloween spooky stuff. Pop Zara was lucky enough to land a very special interview with a very, very famous, very noteworthy, very popular, very legendary kind of guy from Hollywood. None other than special effects guru, the master of splatter, maestro of magic, all that stuff, Mr. Tom Savini. I don't know if you know who Tom Savini is, but we were lucky to have him. He was a really cool guy. Uh, We will post that interview alongside these, so suck it, Fangoria, suck it, Rumorg, Zara is better. So you guys know who Tom Savini is?
2: Well, I do now.
1: He does now, see? No, I'm not putting you on the spot, but for those who don't know, Savini is the guy who created the zombie makeup. He created all the zombies in the original Dawn of the Dead, and he cameoed in the remake. He did all the zombies in Day of the Dead. He did Creepshow. He created Jason Voorhees. Not the mask, Jason, but the yeah. ugly, fugly one with the eyeball in a different direction. Looked like Sloth from uh, Goonies. He created all that stuff, all that stuff. And he's been in a bunch of movies. If you want to learn more about him.
0: He put a knife through Kevin Bacon's throat.
1: Yes, he did. He's been in everything. <laughs> he he played Sex Machine in uh, From yeah, Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, he Yeah, he's the guy with the gun and the crotch, remember? Yeah. Yeah, And of course, he's been on The Simpsons. Uh, I think you guys will like it. We will be tackling some of his stuff in the podcast, so FYI. So there you go. But with that, uh, let's start with part one. So part one, as promised, it is a trio of spooky movies from the 1980s that are actually all remakes of movies from the 1950s, which is weird, but it all works out. It's all symmetrical. The movies are, in no particular order, but I guess chronologically, uh, we will be talking about... 1982's The Thing, we will be talking about 1986's The Fly, and talking about 1988's The Blob. All movies with the in the title, all remakes, all rated R, and I think you guys can all appreciate all much much better than the originals.
0: Uh, <laughs> one of them, I will have, I will uh, contest that, but
1: we are wrong. But we can contest all you want.
0: <laughs> so all remakes of 50s movies too.
1: I'll say this. Uh, yeah, I will say this though. Everybody on death row says they're innocent. You could be wrong too, Ethan. It's okay. Um, Speaking of that, so let's start off at the beginning. Uh, Let's start off with The Thing, and let's start off with Ethan. So, Ethan, tell us a little bit about The Thing from 1982.
0: So, The Thing, uh, directed by John Carpenter, uh, did he write it too? Uh,
1: Maybe. uh, It's one of those things where I think. He didn't really
0: write a lot of his screenplays, but. um,
1: Screenplay by Bill Lancaster. I think it was like.
0: uh, Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Yeah. Burt Lancaster's son or something, right? It's crazy. And um, it's a remake of uh, The Thing from Another World from 1951. Uh, well, it's, it's a partial remake. It's also a quote unquote more faithful adaptation of the original short story uh, called Who Goes There by, uh, was it George Flanagan or
1: something? John Campbell. John Campbell.
0: Oh, that's what it was. Flanagan, I think, was the, uh, the fly, uh, or Lanigan or something. Anyway so uh the thing is about a group of u.s uh like military in antarctica and um there's an alien craft that gets discovered by some people nearby and then all of a sudden that alien is um it, it finds its way uh into the u.s base or whatever it's called and um starts imitating human behavior and and uh pretending to be humans and so they're trying to figure out you know who's the alien which one of them is the alien which one is is human and suspenseful it's uh neurotic it's um, gross, it's totally gross great special effects um it's starring uh kurt russell and uh wilford brimley keith david
1: quick question first question has anybody seen the original 1951 movie the thing from another world yes i have not but i had a bit of a
3: i have a copy of it and i had a quick look um to see a, you know, like a few snippets of it, but I haven't watched it
1: properly now. Corey, it's your favorite movie, isn't it?
2: Oh, the the, the original one that I've <laughs> definitely never seen? No, yeah. yeah, no, I love that. It's it's wonderful.
1: I wonder if anybody's seen it. <laughs> like, that's the thing. That I wonder like, a lot of I've these old it. films, they don't really... You know what I mean, though? You've seen it because you've seen a lot of stuff. But like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of the black, especially the black and white stuff, it, it feels like the newer versions have replaced them, which I think would be a shame, because I do think the, the remakes are better, but the original's kind of fun, too.
0: Yeah. The original is fun, and it's probably the of the three originals that we're talking about today. I think it's maybe the the least good, but um, it's still fun. I mean, it's got it's a different concept. Instead of the monster, uh, you know, um, m- mimicking human behavior, it's it's just like this Frankenstein monster <laughs> who is like a vegetable man, and he <laughs> he gets defeated by uh, fire. Fire, fire, and, uh, <laughs> bad.
1: Well, like Frankenstein got defeated yeah, by fire. And, well, the monster. Yeah,
0: basically, it's like Frank. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I mean, yeah, it, it's it, it's campy. It's uh, the act, the act, it's um, it was under. It wasn't directed by Howard Hawks, but I think it was produced by it. So it has kind of like that um, that kind of rhythm for the banter where everyone's kind of like cutting each other off, and it, it's really kind of fascinating to hear them talk. And, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's a cool movie.
1: Definitely, it's worth watching. I think they overtalk each other. What's up? They overtalk each. Yeah, other. Yeah, they
0: overtalk, but like. A, it's choreographed almost that way, um, which is cool.
1: Well, I only have one real comment about it. Um, there's a scene when the scientist compares the thing to a carrot. And if you haven't yeah. heard it yet, it's kind of the most famous scene in the movie, and it's it's something that you would never see today or hear today. It's something you'd only ever like hear in a 50s horror movie.
0: Oh, just describing him like a carrot.
1: Like a yeah. carrot, like a space. A carrot. lot of
0: the these fifties uh sci fi movies, I mean it's one of my favorite subgenres, I think. And and they're really awesome to watch. I, I love even the bad ones have really moments of, of <laughs> whether you're laughing at it or not. But um yeah. Th- these are the the old fifties sci fi horror movies are, are really fun to watch. Even if even binging,
1: Especially binging Or imbibing. Binging. So so Christian, yeah. what do you think about the thing? Have you seen it and how many times have you seen it?
3: I've seen the oh man i've seen it so many times over the years it's actually one of the earliest horror films i remember seeing uh, as a kid uh i'm actually this film traumatized me <laughs> traumatized me as a kid like one of my earliest like memories of this film uh is that scene with um oh what's his name it's uh i think it's dr blair so it's, i think it's wilford Bremley, is it the one uh that scene where his chest they're trying to bring him back to life uh, they got the defibrillator on him and then um oh like the dude's yeah, and his chest opens up to these massive teeth, and his arms get bitten off, and then the head becomes a spider. And I, I don't know, I just remember that scene as a kid, and that has always stuck with me. And like, yeah, I got great parents. And um, you do, yeah, yeah. And it's just, um, I think this movie is just one of the all-time perfect horror films. I mean, it's got a sci-fi element in there as well because uh, the remake, you know, it's you know, like it's very, it's very like alien-esque when compared to the original, which has more like sort of Frankenstein. You know, I, I literally rewatched this uh, a couple of weeks ago because Halloween, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I love watching horror films in this month. And um, it just holds up, man. This film is nearly 40 years old. And yeah, OK, some of the, the physical effects, they are a little dated because the 80s. But because it's all practical effects and the, the premise is so good, like it's not a, you know, you know, even with like special effects that, you know, could be tweaked a little bit more by today's standard, it's still just a great story, great acting, um, you know, and it's just got a fantastic atmosphere uh, yeah, it's one of my all-time favorite horror films. It's, it's one of the ones that if you've never seen it, you should see it. It's
1: it's it's great. So you mentioned a prequel. Could we just mention real quick that this movie has also "quote unquote" been again remade, sort of prequelized in? Tw- I don't know what you'd call. I don't know why they called it the thing, but in twenty eleven they everybody thought it was a remake, but it was a prequel, like a surprise prequel.
0: Yeah. Well, they it's copied it- shots. Some shots, like verbatim.
1: Yeah.
3: Hmm. Well, you I what? literally watched the uh, prequel uh, two nights ago. Uh, you, <laughs> what, to, what do you think yeah. of it? What do you think of it? Uh, I remember enjoying it the first time I saw it, but now that I've seen both of them so close to, like, like so I watched the thing <laughs> two weeks ago and then the, the prequel literally two nights ago, and it's not as good. I mean, yeah, it's, it's entertaining enough, but uh, it's back to what, you know, when they're starting, the, the CGI doesn't hold up. Whereas practical effects, if they're done right, they hold up. You know, you can watch them decades later and they're still great. Whereas some of the, yeah, you can do more with CGI. But I was just watching my wife and going, oh, "These things aren't aren't that great because it looks CGI. It just takes away the scary element to it. It just isn't uh, isn't visceral. It just um, yeah, it's alright. It's not bad. Uh, yeah, it's entertaining
1: enough. <laughs> Wait, that's a that's, yeah, a, that's 80, a definite.
0: The, the eighty two movie has some of the best eighties practical effects ever, if not like you know top two, maybe even you could argue it's the best. Just it looks so good, it's, But, yeah, when the guy's head is crawling away and just. It's so memorable. It's, it's like ingrained into your head just these moments of uh, visual amazingness
1: amazingness. You know, um, they actually did practical effects for the 2011 one, but the practical effects were rejected and replaced with CG. Oh no. And I don't have mm. I don't have the names of the guys who did it, but they were so dejected that their practical effects were rejected that they started a Kickstarter and made their own horror movie using practical effects. Never really heard much about it after that, but it's it's a rabbit hole if you want to go down it. So, Corey, Corey. Now, Corey's from the video game world, and the video game world has a lot of video games uh, that all... They sure do, and I'm going to hit this you in the movie face off. them right now. But they rip this movie it. off. They rip it off.
2: They do. There's a bunch of games to rip it off, and i hit you in the face with a bunch of stuff right now. First off, game most people know, Dead Space. You ever heard of it?
1: hmm
0: You've heard oh, of it? Cool. Dead Space. Yeah, I... I've never played. I'm not a video game guy, but I've I definitely heard of that game though.
3: Everybody, yeah, like, my brother e- plays
2: it. Yeah, is a video game guy. We just don't know it yet. Dead Space, <laughs> basically the thing. It's the thing that takes place in space. You have creatures that emerge from corpses. They got little heads with spindly little legs. that come over and try to bite your head off, like in the thing. But that's not what we're concerned about today. I'm just distracting you right now. I'm distracting you while the spooky hand creeps up behind you. What we're actually talking about today. Is the 2002 video game called The Thing? Did you know that existed?
1: Yeah. Did anybody oh. ever play it? Did anybody ever play <laughs> the Thing game? I did play it. I did. I didn't. I didn't know there was a game. Wow.
2: So the Thing video game, right? It's another one. It's another prequel. Um, I'm not really sure how it fits in with the existing prequel. The existing prequel is great, by the way. I, I love it. It's really good. Uh, the video game prequel has you trying to co- uh, command some soldiers. While you all know that one of you might be the thing, so you have to do things like blood tests. Like, you only have so many blood tests, and you, you test certain people in your party, and maybe they're the thing, maybe they're not the thing, and you determine at that point, here's the issue. You only have so many blood tests, you can run out, people will distrust you. If they distrust you, they might attack you, and so on and so forth. A really complicated and exciting-sounding idea. In practice, this game is from 2002. At some point, everybody's going to be the thing regardless. It's fine, don't worry about it. Theoretically, not. It's a great idea for a game. It works really well. It still kind of holds up today. Very much worth checking out.
1: Going back to movie world for a second, have, has anybody ever seen The Hateful Eight?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Did Quentin Tarantino rip off the thing a little bit, or did he rip off the thing it, wholesale for Hateful? I think Eight? a little Thoughts? bit. A little bit, or not I think wholesale? a little
0: bit? I think I think he I think he kind of does the suspense a little bit better. Obviously, I mean, it's a uh, you know, it's Tarantino. Versus John Carpenter. No offense to John Carpenter fans, but yeah, I, I think he did, plays the suspense a little bit better. But also, I think he doesn't he doesn't do like a like what I I'm, I'm trying to remember like what kind of tactics he used in that movie to like uh like specifically.
1: Well, that's the thing you don't remember it, do you? Like like the Carpenter film, like Corey mentioned, the blood test is probably the the key scene besides all the monster mushing. Yeah, but like it's very suspenseful, yeah. and it's the way it's shot. It, it can terrify you with more than just jump scares, but I mean, think about yeah. it. Both movies have Kurt Russell. Um, in fact, I think the soundtrack for <laughs> Hateful Eight is even unused soundtrack from The Thing from Ennio it's Marconi.
0: A, yeah, it's Ennio Ennio Marconi.
1: Yeah, and so, but like I said, I liked it yeah. just fine, but I think The Thing's a better film. The Thing.
0: Um, the I also also the uh, I, I think it's hilarious when they do the blood test and then they do the whole thing and the guy like and then they, they find the the person who is I forget what the guy's name is but he he ends up being the th- or you know the the alien or whatever and then they do the thing and he like eats the guy and then they do like a jump cut to doing the this like mundane blood test again and I laughed out loud because it was such a absurd juxtaposition <laughs> I want like this this tedium of just like sticking a needle in dishes of blood and then like you find one and then Chaos ensues, and then back to sticking meals and dishes of blood.
2: I want to toss out two vital points about the thing, real quick. The first one. Yes. Yeah. Um, we definitely have a theater near me, the AFI Silver Cinema, really big, impressive looking theater. Definitely shows old movies sometimes. That is the only film I've ever had a date walk out of, or rather, insist <laughs> that we walk out of. She could not handle it. It was too much. <laughs> uh, the other thing. There was a point when the remake was going to come out. You would be watching a YouTube video, right? And if you didn't have ad block, this horrifying advertisement for the Thing remake would take over your video. Any video you were watching, all of them.
0: That's kind even, like, of kids' I'm videos?
2: Yeah, even kids' videos.
0: they get That's them all. Awesome.
2: Like They actually had to turn that ad off because it would keep, like, invading kids' videos. <laughs> Like, the ad would take over the entire of the YouTube interface.
1: Another thing a lot of these movies have in common is that, with the exception of The Fly, the thing was a huge box office dud. It bombed mightily. Uh, It was bad with critics, too. Critics didn't like it at all. And it sort of derailed John Carpenter's uh, mainstream Hollywood uh, career for pretty much ever. It never really corrected itself. Yeah. But it's but. so weird
0: how he has <laughs> so many big movies and so many deads.
1: But the thing, though, I think I, I think we talked about this when we talked about uh, Big Trouble, Little China, Ethan. That I think most yeah. people agree that the thing is probably Carpenter's best film. I don't know. Do you think? So? Do you agree? Oh
0: yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I, I do. I'm actually not a John Carpenter fan outright. Um, you know, I've seen a big chunk of his movies, um, but yeah, the the thing is not necessarily my favorite of his movies but um it is probably his only really good film um despite I mean I think the third act kind of flops a little bit here personally but um I I just think Carpenter doesn't really know how to end a lot of most of his movies yeah I just I just uh I think it's his best movie I think it's lit really great I think it's I mean, obviously, Dean Cundey is like one of the most prolific yes. DPs of the '80s. Can we give him a little? Um, and, can we, and all three.
1: Can we give Dean Cundey a little credit, real quick? Christian, are you familiar with Dean Cundey at all? Uh, not with the name, but if you describe his work, I'll probably know. Like,
0: oh, you'll yeah, you'll know the work for sure.
1: Yeah, he 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 pretty much became like the most successful uh, cinematographer, I would believe, of the '80s, early '90s. Would you think so?
0: Yeah, Back to the Future. Uh, Roger Rabbit. He did a few with Zemeckis and John Carpenter.
1: Was it Jurassic? Did he um, do Jurassic Park
0: And some well? other stuff. Did he do Jurassic Park? Yeah, I think he did. He did a couple with Spielberg. I think that might have been one of them.
1: Yeah, the movie looks like I, I actually saw this film in 4K not too long ago, and I gotta tell you something. The movie looks better than modern films in places. Like, it looks almost perfect. Yeah.
0: Just the blues are so memorable, and even like, you know, when the flares kind of reflect against the snow, it's like it's so Mm -hmm. it's like beautiful for a horror movie it's just the way it looks yeah and and I I think the thing with me and Carpenter and I really don't want to offend anyone because I know he has like some hardcore fans but I just really never feel his personality come through on screen I think his approaches he approaches filmmaking kind of more technically than inspirationally but Cundy's personality I think comes through immensely in everything he does and so I think he kind of, I think Carpenter really benefits from that. And, and in The Thing, I think there was a lot of delays. And so I think also he had a lot of time to um, really, uh, like, uh, deliberate on a lot of the scenes and the storytelling structure. And I think that is a big reason why The Thing is so good um, compared to a lot of his other movies.
1: Well, you don't like Starman?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, that was all right. <laughs> it
1: He's got a baby in it. I heard a baby, <laughs> <my> <laughs> heard a baby in the background. You like Starman.
0: Yeah, that one baby shot. Oh, no. It looks like the same as Dawn of the Dead in 04. It's like the same effect. Um, I will say my favorite John Carpenter movie, um, because I think it has the best ending, Uh, not only that, but I think it's just so ridiculous, is uh, Escape from L.A. See, is
1: that that the one where Kurt Kurt Russell's uh, surfing?
0: Yes. And the basketball basketball gladiator scene? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So. Just, I, I actually love that movie. Yeah. So,
1: just to be clear, your favorite John Carpenter movie is everybody else's, including John Carpenter's least favorite movie.
0: Oh yeah, he won't even do a commentary for it.
1: So, um, I want to, Christian. Yeah. I, I want to go back to you, Christian. But before that, I gotta ask Corey a question. So, Corey, video game element. Uh, you're familiar with the thing, of course. Uh, you're familiar. Have of you course. seen? Have you ever seen Starman?
2: I have not seen Starman, no.
1: Okay, I'll come back to that because the, you, everyone's going to learn something here. You've seen Big Trouble Little China?
2: I have seen that.
1: Okay. Uh, you've seen They Live?
2: I'm going to step back. I'm going to offer you two video games. Yeah? Big Trouble in <laughs> Little China. There was a game that came out a while back called Sleeping Dogs. You ever heard of it? Yeah. Final DLC that came out for it was just Big Trouble Little China as a video game. Really? Yeah. Huh. Seriously.
1: Well... My question is: When you uh, look at Carpenter's movies like *The Thing* and again *They Live*, and the, has there been a director in Hollywood that the video game industry has ripped off more?
0: Uh, David Lynch with *Silent Hill*.
1: You think so? But like, yes. Really?
0: Yeah. Rip. You mean like long, t- like over the like different? Yeah, video well, games, like, right?
2: yeah, exactly. If you're talking long term, okay.
1: yeah,
2: no, unquestionable. But what David about Lynch?
1: But what about just theft, intellectual theft, and ideas?
2: Um, that's a more difficult point. Um, there was definitely a game based on Ghosts of Mars, if I recall. Yuck. I believe it was called Martian Gothic. came out on the PS1.
1: By the way, that's um, Carpenter's worst movie, by the way. Ghost of Mars is his worst film.
2: I've I've heard as much. Haven't seen it, but yeah, I've yeah. definitely heard as much. Uh, in the Mouth of Madness inspired a lot of horror games. Um... Escape from L.A., as you might imagine, it's brought a lot of stuff. There's a game called uh, Bad Day L.A., very similar. Uh, more humorous, but very similar.
1: What about when you got Rowdy Rowdy Piper and they live literally saying, like, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum? And, you and have,
2: I'm all out of gum. Yeah, and then you yeah,
1: literally yeah, have yeah, game no. characters copying the lines or, you know, designs from, like, Raiden or, or exploding, so, you know, Big Trouble Little China, like, where it becomes Mortal Kombat.
2: Yeah, I, I talk about this stuff a lot in my reviews, and I basically say, hey... Video games are not known for their originality. What video games are is kind of a reflection of pop culture. And that says a lot about John Carp- uh, Carpenter, doesn't it? Like, that he's created all this stuff that's very memorable.
1: I, I agree yeah, with
0: you. Yeah, definitely with, has.
1: I agree with you, Ethan. I think the ideas are better than the execution a lot of times. But as we're recording this, the number one movie in the country is Halloween Kills, which is... Yeah, I have,
2: it's terrible. It's terrible. I haven't
1: seen it, but I've heard it's terrible. But, but it's basically... All callbacks to the original John Carpenter film. So
0: yeah, and, and Halloween Halloween's a good movie too. I mean, that's that's probably probably his second best movie uh, in my opinion. There's just it always just feels like he's connecting dots, and I, I just always have a problem with his flow and his and his like final acts, and uh, that's really kind of my my big uh, issue with him. I think so, you know like Escape from New York as as good as that movie is, it just doesn't end very well.
1: Well, is that the, that is the one where um, do they did? That's the one where uh, what's his face uh, has a Cadillac with chandeliers on it, right?
0: Um, uh, Ernest Borgnine.
1: Not Ernest Borgnine, but um, oh, what's his name? You know, what I'm talking about. Oh goodness, I'm gonna hate myself for saying this. He played. Oh, chef, oh, uh, Isaac. Sir Isaac Hayes. Right, yeah, he had that. He had the pimpy Cadillac. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> and uh, so, Christian, before we uh, get going to the next film. So you mentioned everyone's favorite part with the head spinning off into spiders and looking all nasty and and weird. What would you say to someone who – if you were going to try to convince someone to watch the thing that has no idea, how would you describe it? Oh, man. That's a really good question. How would I describe it? Without without using the words <laughs> spider head?
3: Oh, man. I don't know, man. Hey. I think I would just rely more on like my enthusiasm. I mean, Any time I talk about like the thing, I just tell people like it's one of the <laughs> – one of the most classic like horror films like and gory and gruesome uh and graphic horror films uh that stands the test of time that's kind of the way i approach it. uh yeah i don't know man i can't i can't think of a way to to describe it other than it's just a it's like a it's like a horror classic it's like you know when you get movie buffs and you say you got to go see citizen kane or if there's like, you know, if you're an action movie, you need to have seen at least Terminator 2 or something like that. You know, like the thing is one of those all time horror films. You have to see it. You've got to see it once and you, and you'll see what I mean. It's It's just got a personality of its own. And it's just I do. I think it's one of the I do think it's like one of the most
1: iconic horror films ever made.
3: So uh, that's that's all I can say about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You think Citizen Kane would be more po- more popular if it had like exploding dogs and like creatures like or Wilford Brimley,
0: <laughs> it, it, it would be more watchable.
1: You know, uh, before we head off to the next film, I was going to say I was listening to the commentary of the thing. It's just John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, and it's a lot of fun. And when they when Wilford Brimley comes on, Kurt Russell starts laughing, and the first thing he says is, "Oh man, he's he's come a long way since those oatmeal commercials." <laughs> and it's just it's just so weird to me that the man that. A whole generation associates with, like, loving grandfather. Shows up in horror films, like yeah. The Thing, and it's just—it's so amazing. If you find it, that's a find, and it's awesome.
0: And he kills in it too. He's oh, he's so fantastic. Good. Uh, you know, especially when he's like plea, like he's pleading with Kurt Russell to to get out of the that uh store or whatever he's that locked up. He's like I'm all better. He's, he's like whatever. I'm all better
1: now. Let me out. He's like I'm better.
0: Yeah. He, <laughs> He's begging with him and then he shows up later just suddenly it's frightening. Oh st- man, um, yeah, he is really good in this movie.
1: To be to be clear, no spoilers, but he sticks his hand in the guy's face, like in the face and mushes it. Yeah. Did you ever see him in that uh Ewok movie by the way where he's defending the little girl? No,
0: you t- Yeah, you told me about that one. No, I haven't seen that.
1: Yeah, it's like you you expect him to like crossbow the Ewoks at any part. Like you know, that's Is how... that Caravan of Courage? Is that the one? Is that is that the one? Yeah, there's two of them, right? And but there's Caravan of Courage and uh, another one, Battle for Endor. Battle for Endor. So and... yeah, but every time you see Wilford Brimley out in the forest, you expect him to be like um, like Rambo or something like. But he but he would shoot and kill the Ewoks because that's what you expect from someone like Wilford Brimley. You don't expect like you don't expect him to be cheerful, Grandpa, but he is. The thing, uh, I think, like I said, it's it's hard to describe a movie that's this old, this beloved, but I think it's time to move on to the next film on the list. Chronologically, uh, we are talking about da, 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 1986's The Fly, directed by David Cronenberg, who is one of the masters of gore and gross stuff. Has anybody seen The Fly recently?
2: Yes, I yes. saw Shit. it fairly recently. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do we think? So I'm going to start with Christian because he started with uh, Ethan last time. So Christian, what do you think of The Fly and what's it about?
3: Oh, The Fly is another one of those... Uh, the 80s just had so many good horror films. I would say The Fly is another one of those great horror films that you need to see. Um, and it also, having watched it recently, stands the test of time because of its like incredible like physical, practical effects. And essentially the, the story is you've got a scientist who uh, has developed a new transportation technology because he's got a fear of... I can't, was it flying? He's got, he's got a fear of a certain type of travel, anyway. And uh, he's revolutionising uh, the, the industry because he's cre- he can teleport objects between, like you know, two pods. And he, and he meets Gina Davis, who's a reporter who's uh, following his work. And essentially, initially at first, he has trouble uh, transporting. You know, he can transport inorganic objects, and he's trying to figure out how to transport organic uh, objects, like you know, creatures that are alive. And essentially, he puts himself through the pod doesn't realize that there's a fly in there with him and because the t- uh, it confuses the computer and it merges him with the fly and over the course of the film he just starts to transform into this this creature um, and, and and that's essentially i don't want to say anymore if you haven't seen it but it's yeah he he accidentally creates a splicing machine in addition to a transportation machine and it's 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 awesome
1: Corey, the fly uh,
3: yes
2: the fly it's a fantastic <laughs> film um i would argue that the modern era of computer graphics and such and so forth uh, definitely does not compare to back when they had to like kind of make do back in the eighties. I think we can probably all agree with that one. Oh time. yeah.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. The old, the old computers are pretty funny. Yeah. Well, especially the, in, in the regard of like, how did he do that? Like, how did they make that possible? And it was CGI. You're just like, Oh, computers, someone did it on a computer, whatever. Like yeah, but back funny. then there's actually this there's a mystique, and you're like, how did they make, you know, his whatever? How like I, I was trying to figure out how we, they made him climb on the wall. I was like so believably, I, I thought that was awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's a lot of films like this that came out in the '80s, and um, it's funny because I'll, I'll look back on recent films, and you, know, you go on Shudder. Shutter in particular has a ton of these kind of films, and they just aren't as good as films like The Fly. And I would argue that's because um, you know modern CGI techniques just aren't as believable, and I think we can all agree with that.
1: You know, when I was talking, yeah, I was talking to when I was talking to Tom Savini about this very question. I mean, he literally is the source material for this, and so what better, who better to ask? And he, his case was that people like him are magicians because by doing practical effects, they're making you believe something that you can physically see with your eyes, and the idea becomes isn't that, oh, it's magic. I It must be fake. But you know it's real. Like, you know a magic trick is a trick. But knowing it's a trick doesn't make it any less effective. And like you were saying, when you see Jeff Goldblum transform into the fly or he's walking up a wall or something, those are all practical effects. There's no CG in there. There's nothing to remove strings or anything. And it basically becomes, like you said with CG, when something's CG, no offense to CG, but you know how it's done. CG. That's it. That's the answer. CG made this happen. But when you have practical effects, yeah. it becomes sort of a it becomes like an intellectual game. Like, well, how the how the hell do they do that? How do they do that? Um, so, quick question. This one's for Ethan first. Uh, how much of this? How much of the effects of uh, the fly? Uh, excuse me, uh, Jeff Goldblum, aka Seth Brundle, aka Brundlefly, fly, um, is to do, is has to do with Jeff Goldblum's performance.
0: Oh man, I think a lot of it. I, I, I think just his eyes and his you know the little tweaks he does. Um, I actually think, I mean, he's one of my favorite '80s actors, and Gina Davis is one of my favorite '80s and '90s actresses. Um, same with with Goldblum for the '90s. But, um, I I think both of them are just, um, two naturalistic actors just kind of going at it, and, um, I think of their chemistry. Works so well, and it's actually essentially kind of a love story. Mm-hmm. And even like um, the score, I think, and this is amazing. I think it's Howard Shore. Yes, uh, and, and just the way every time there's like a sweet moment, he kind of does this little melodic thing where where you know keep it tempers your expectations. You're like, okay, but something is going to happen. And um, I think it's that tragedy and just the, <laughs> I mean, Goldwyn's just pathetic in this. I mean, he's just this, he's this kind of a sociopathic dweeb. And she falls for him and she just kind of sees how sweet he is despite not you know basically having a lot of normal social skills. And then he just gets beat up on by by Cronenberg and it's heartbreaking, but also just so poetic. And um, I think this movie, the way it, it treats its protagonist uh, and kind of shifts protagonist, you know you start mm-hmm. off with Goldblum and then it becomes Gina Davis. And then the villain <laughs> is uh was the name Stathis? Yeah, Stathis, or
1: who who, and, star- uh, who starts off as a stalker? By the way, a very crazy. Oh, he's creepy. So man.
0: Creepy. He's so yeah. But but it's 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 funny because he's like if you look at it from like an objective, like you stand back and you're like, oh, he's uh, you know he's he's heroic in the end. But it's it's like no, he's heroic because he's getting what he wants. He's he's still a villain. Like if you look at it, he's like like a true villain. He doesn't grow. He's just functions like he doesn't, there's no, um, he almost has like a non arc. It's really kind of cool how, how Cronenberg keeps that, um, keeps that kind of under uh, like in his grip. Um, I I just really love the characterizations here and, and, uh, going back to Goldblum, I think he just does such a good job of, um, exuding this sympathy even under all that makeup. Like you just, it's in, in, and it goes back to just the eyes and, and um and a lot of times that's all you have uh that's all you need uh in in i mean in certain moments is just like a good like a great just like for lack of a better term a great soul behind his eyes and and you see that and that's the purpose of the movie and and i kind of related to tusk by kevin smith which is very very divisive but uh it's kind of what i got from that movie too is it's all about like the eyes and what makes you human versus what makes you an animal and um Yeah, I just think it's really beautiful, the way this movie kind of arcs its protagonists.
1: Well, a lot of people have called The Fly a love story, but can I ask you a question? So at the end, no no spoilers if you haven't seen If you haven't seen it, gross stuff happens. But at the end when, you know, spoiler, uh, Brundle becomes full fly, and he's trying to take Gina Davis, and he's trying to put her in a transporter so they can all merge into one creature. And even though he's gross and he looks like a giant fly – even despite all this stuff, even even when he gets merged with a machine and he becomes this horrible mutation that wants to be killed, Gina Davis still prefers him over status, Stathis. and if your Stathis yeah. sitting there and your foot's been dissolved off with bug juice and you lost a hand, like you got to be thinking to yourself, this better be worth it, because you've given okay. up everything and she still prefers the creature. Over you,
0: yeah, and and it's I think it's because the creature has an excuse to be so disgusting. You know, I mean, he, he's literally not even fully human. Whereas Stathis is fully human, and he's and he's worse. You know, like, and so I think she, it, it's kind of I mean, and it, it goes without saying she sees that uh, difference, and uh, that's what I think drives her towards um, sympathy for uh, Brundlefly versus uh, Stathis.
1: So Christian quick question for you cuz you talked about gross uh, effects too so what's a more disturbing scene in the fly is it the scene when Gina Davis is having the dream sequence when she's giving birth to maggots they only show one maggot but i think they're hinting there's more in there uh or jeff goldblum in his tidy whities
3: Ooh, it's jeff goldblum in his tidy whities man that wasn't cool no <laughs> no <Nah. laughs> nah, that that maggot scene is a uh... That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. That's that's terrifying. Um, yeah, but then again, him and his tidy whities uh, I don't know, man. That's that's a tough call.
1: <laughs> well, I guess if you're if, you, if you're one of the ladies, or if that's your if that's if that's the boat you float on, that's probably attractive. You know, uh, I just learned this. That's uh, the gynecol is David Cronenberg as gynecologist. So that's that's a tagline. So, so Corey the fly, the fly, the fly. What? The Fly. The Fly. So, quick question: Have you ever has have you ever seen The Shape of Water?
2: I've not. No.
1: Okay. Shape of Water won Best Picture, right? A couple of years it. ago. Yeah. And I think uh, did Guillermo del Toro win Best Director that year? For does anybody I have know? To
2: check. I'm not. I'm not actually sure.
1: Anybody? Know? Can't remember. So, but well, the question because you mentioned Howard Shore a few minutes ago, Ethan, um, I would argue that The Fly is the best soundtrack he's ever made. That's my opinion, I know you like really? t- yeah i I love Howard Shore, but i think I think the fly uh it takes scenes that would have seen almost be movie comical, but because of Howard Shore's powerful soundtrack, it makes you believe it, and I think it makes it very emotional like do you do you guys uh does anybody here have any good memory of a moment in the fly that the soundtrack affected them
0: uh the ending
1: the ending ending or are we talking about like the the ending scene? With the Oh uh, uh, yeah, like the,
0: just the with a shotgun. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, even the first time I watched it, and uh, that was my biggest takeaway was that ending and, and um, just the culmination of all of these events, literally climaxing. Um, the second time I watched it, I think the first time I was so almost like polarized by it, mm-hmm. um, and it was just I was kind of just nonplussed. I was like, what? What did I just watch? <laughs> I I didn't know it was gonna be, you know, it it was a long time ago, and I was like. Hadn't watched any of his movies yet at that point. And um, so my biggest takeaway was like, okay, it's like, that's the thing that grounds it is this emotional thing. And then the second time I watched it, already knowing, remembering like every gross thing that he does, because uh, it's just ingrained in your head, um, I still was like so anticipating that last scene and just hit again with the score. And I'm like, man, just, just, uh, the it's like powerful. I don't even know how to really put it into words without you just got to watch it. Um, yeah, it's really great.
1: Well, I brought up The Shape of Water real quick only because again I mentioned that movie won Best Picture, but I think that movie's largely been forgotten. Even even with film fans, it's I like the film just fine, but I think. When you, but when you talk about a film like The Fly, uh, I know there was controversy. I think I think The Fly did win an Academy Award for the makeup in the film, which is fantastic, but we've come a long way that monster monster movies about interspecies like love are now acceptable to, like, even mainstream Hollywood. How much... uh, Let me ask you a quick quick question, uh, Christian. How much of that do you think it's because of, of movies like The Fly that sort of legitimizes the genre as opposed to just exploit it? When you look back at the original Fly, it's very goofy in a way. You know, you have the, help me, help me, and the big guy running around with a fly mask... Yeah, i right I remember the <laughs> <laughs> help me, help me. Uh, but how much? Do you, in fact, I think there's a, a song on the soundtrack called "Help Me, Help Me." But how much do you think it's a movie like The Fly, which takes itself very seriously, that sort of changed the way Hollywood looks at monster films? Like,
3: I think um, even like touching it before, like because you just got such like great performances, um, you know. And under, underneath it all, it is a love story, and you've got very very strong actors. Um, you, you know and you know there's a lot of emotion like i say that ending is is, is heartbreaking you know? Um, you know especially like you know when he when like i say spoiler is coming up people if you not already seen it we have already mentioned okay. it but you know when he's he's this deformed he's this deformed like fly merged with the door and stuff and like you know and when he lifts when he lifts up the the shotgun you know asking her to kill him and she you know she's in tears she doesn't want to kill this guy that she loves like, even though it's this creature, they've humanized it so much that it's it's really um it's really moving it's quite touching even though you've just seen all this horrific stuff happen and um yeah, there's just so many like human elements there's so many things I think that are relatable in there because it is really about the relationship it's not really about the monster you know what I mean I mean yeah, the other monsters there, but you've got you know this love story in this unique circumstance and and you feel for all the you know the the main characters because his circumstance, is an accident. You know, he gets drunk because he's upset because he thinks she's cheating on him with the ex-boyfriend. You know, we, you know, men can, you know, we can relate to that, right? You know, anyone can relate to that uh, feelings of jealousy. And then he goes through, and he just makes a mistake because he had like some alcohol. And then you just watch his life just turn to, you know, go downhill from there. So it's, I think it's, it's touching because it is serious, and uh, it shows that you can have all the grotesqueness, all the gore, all the, all the makeup, and like all the creature stuff in there. but you can still have all that and attach it. To like a, a solid premise um, revolved around you know characters that, that have like you know real relationships, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I just I think it, it absolutely uh, has affected um you know modern you know modern films. And the other thing, um, and this relates to actually uh, the thing as well, it's not we're not telling a monster story. where you are just watching like high school kids or Teeny Boppers. Like you know these are proper like you know characters that haven't been cast because they're models or because they're going to get their boobs out or anything like that. You know it's been cast like drama. But it just happens to be yeah. like a horror film, so I think absolutely uh, it showed you can tell a better quality horror film.
1: Mm-hmm. Christian and Ethan, you're both mar- you're both happily married, whereas Corey ha- is not because he exposes his dates to horror films. Corey, Oops. yeah, whoopsie doodle. <laughs> What's well, called weeding them out. <laughs> if if you were going to invite a date to go see the th- uh, the Fly, how would you convince her to go see the Fly? Oh my gosh.
2: How that would, would you? Cool. How would
1: you make the sale? You're asking me. Yeah. Or Christian. Oh no, they're already no, they already. If they did that, they'd be cheating. They're married. Oh, they got a, good they, point. They, good have point. A, they have an out. You don't. This so.
2: this is a wonderful story about love prevailing in the face of serious differences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. They well, let me and have, I'm not even lying. It's true. Um, sure. But how different would this movie be where instead of having like sexy 80s Goldblum, even with the tidy whities, if it was someone like Paul Giamatti or something? Like, how much, how, how different would this story be if the scientist looked like an actual scientist? Like what we think is, like, you know, what we, we, we think I mean, if
2: were, like. you're asking basically if it were a modern film. And if it were a modern yeah. film, it'd be a CGI film, and it wouldn't look as good. So hard to say.
1: Oh no, I'm talking about physiognomy. I'm talking about an actor who looks like Paul Giamatti as opposed to Jeff Goldblum. So that's a good point. Or 1980s Jeff. Oh, actually, you know what? Modern Jeff Goldblum, he still looks good. So well, yeah, how do you think? Do you think Gina Davis would have been as enamored with him if he looked like a like a Hobbit?
0: Hard to say. Maybe well, Virginia Hobbit. Virginia Madsen was enamored with Paul Giamatti in Sideways.
1: Yeah, because they were all drunk on wine.
0: That's true. I that mean, if, true.
1: I mean, if that was if that was like a Coca Cola tasting thing, no, wouldn't happen. <laughs> By the way, that movie had a terrifying scene with the guy running to the door naked, splashing right in front of yeah, the, yeah, his junk right there. That's terrifying. In 3D. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think I think everybody here likes the fly, but it's really a simple story, isn't it? It really is. It's um, yeah. oh, the real villain of the film. I don't think it's uh, Goldblum or or even Grundlefly, as he calls it. Grundlefly. I think it's the aviation industry mm-hmm. because he's he's threatening to thwart it and change humanity in, like a, in a Star Trek way. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, because he gets motion sickness, so he wanted to find a way to travel without having to travel.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really stretching there to to stretch out the runtime, but so. <laughs> i think everybody here likes the fly i think everybody now quick question oh, yeah. let's do a little rating game uh do we prefer the fly or do we prefer the thing if if you had to choose between fly. the two the fly the, i would say the, the thing. fly sure yeah. the fly are we all fly not no, a thing no, I think thing? christian said thing thing but they're not, all but not they're by both much good. not
3: by much though like if i was to, if i was to rate like the thing say nine out of ten the fly is
1: like 8.8 8. like they're really close man because you made me choose <laughs> yeah i don't like about the, you nathan i don't like the sophie's choice um the fly is actually one of my favorite movies of all time like i i love yeah. the fly i had a
0: feeling um, i had a feeling you yeah well i have it, a lot of yeah it definitely feels like a movie you like
1: i have a lot of favorite movies of all time but i'll say this i i love the makeup in the fly i love the makeup but i again i think when you look at goldblum's performance when he starts you know with his ticks and his eyes darting back and forth and everything and yeah. it's 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 fantastic i i don't think it's ever been matched from a performer in a monster movie makeup, as far as you know, with a human face, I think he's he's perfect. In the film. Oh
0: no, yeah, I think he's perfect. E- even the pa- and the pacing too is, I think, pristine. And I was watching some of the deleted scenes, and I was like, oh man, if these mo- if these, if even one of these scenes was yeah. in this movie, uh, it wouldn't have worked. But but the way he was just very economic, everything was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so brisk. Now
3: it's funny you mentioned that actually, Ethan, because I was gonna. go, find a place to mention this like all three <laughs> movies that we're talking about today like the thing the fly and the blob and nate knows i'm a stickler for runtime that's true <laughs> runtime for films mm-hmm. uh these films don't waste any time like when you no. watch like old, oh, like, no. older films older a lot of older films have the thing where they just take forever to get down i mean i rewatched the exorcist the other night and oh my god man it's more fun watching paint right until they get to the exorcist it's just so long and slow and you can just cut out so much crap you know but uh like yeah. the thing the fly and the blob do not waste any time. They get straight into it and so, like a modern moviegoer who's not accustomed, like who might think, "Oh, these are old films. They're going to have that slow-ass intro where you can't—you got to wait forever for anything to happen." Nah,
1: these films get right into it, especially *The Fly*. Well, can I say something to yeah, you, say, and, Christian?
0: And especially this—go ahead. Yeah.
1: Oh, I got one comment. Uh, you're exactly right, and I think if you watch the *Thing* prequel slash remake, whatever, they get into the monster stuff within seconds, and it's so. There's so much action from the very beginning that there's there's no time for suspense as much, and it's not as it's nowhere as effective.
0: Yeah, and especially I mean the scripts on all three of these movies, the scripts are really really good, and I think that helps too uh, with even during the the setup, it's kind of just it's just interesting even before you know any of the action happens, you're just listening to people talk and and um the dialogue's really good also on top of the fact that um you know it's it's going to be edited really well too
1: you know what's funny you could if you watch the fly now though objectively you could literally see this film as like a three person stage play there's only oh, yeah, there's totally. only three real characters in the film it's it's almost yeah. devoid except
0: the doctor is the only other character i can think of
1: well you got the hooker is she a hooker
0: oh that's true and the hooker yeah, hey, I have a question for for this, and it's kind of a spoiler. Did did you think the hooker also got pregnant? Maybe. Do you think so? He's a he's like half fly, so they like procreate like crazy. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm told of that. Maybe so. That, you guys
2: sound you guys sound way too excited about
0: this.
1: That would be you know, you know what the funny thing is. That's the, Ethan before you before you left. Uh, yeah. That's actually yeah. the plot to Coming to America too. You know that.
0: That's true, right? Yeah, that's
1: exactly the plot where you know Eddie Murphy had a fling with someone who essentially raped him, yeah. and he had an illegitimate son he didn't know about until forty years later. And sequel, so yeah, yeah I, I hate it when that's movies true. do that. Hate it when movies do that. Hate it, hate it. Like, wasn't that also the plot to Star Wars? Uh, like the new tr- the new trilogy <laughs> that somehow Palpatine had a kid on the side?
0: Yeah. How? Yeah, no way he had a legitimate kid. No, no way he that was that was consensual. <laughs>
1: Consensual. I don't know, man. Some women are attracted to power, so maybe they're all for it. That's so. <laughs> true. He kept it hidden all these years, and so no, no, you're you're a Palpatine. The hell you are. Uh, we all love the thing, but I think it's time to move on to the final the final one, and that is I would I would say the least known of these films, the least respected, but what a shame because I think 1988's the Blob is a mini-masterpiece a mini of the 1980s that does not get the respect it deserves, and I wish we could change that. Full confession, I talked to you, Corey, before the show. I, th- I don't think you've actually seen this blob, have you?
2: I have, I have seen parts of the blob, and the thing about the blob is that there are big chunks of it that like have saturated pop culture, mm-hmm. so you don't have to watch the blob to know the blob.
1: That's true. It is very watchable mm-hmm. in, seg- in blobby segments, like the blob itself. So, Ethan... Give us a short synopsis of 1988's *The Blob*.
0: Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm not gonna get into uh, you know the underlying conflict necessarily of what <laughs> happens later, but there is a ostensibly alien, uh, amorphic blob that starts eating people, what consuming we, people. Yeah. When we say eating, we got to be In a, a little small more town.
1: Very very graphically In a small town. eating. small Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it starts off as in a little in the forest. This homeless man sees it and he's like, What in the world is this thing? And he I, I, does he grab it or he sticks it with something and he pokes and, it with uh, a stick and then it he pokes atta- at it. Yeah. yeah, pokes it with a stick and then it, it climbs up to his arm and then just starts uh, and it just attaches himself, uh, like parasitically. And, he, uh, and then um, Kevin Dillon, who plays uh, Flag. Uh, I forget his first name actually, and uh, all, he he all you gotta know is guy he's he kinda, Matt Dylan's
1: brother, Matt 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 Dillon's brother. Yeah,
0: Matt Matt Dillon's brother. Yeah, yeah, Kevin, yeah, uh, yeah. Johnny Drama from Entourage, if anyone is an Entourage fan out there. But uh, yeah, Kevin Dillon uh, sees this guy, and he kind of had. And Kevin Dillon's his rebel. He's the he's the protagonist. He's this rebel, and he's uh and, and you know the whole town's at the football game except him and the homeless guy, and you know he's doing trying to do uh, motorcycle jumps. And the homeless guy's watching him just eat dirt and uh and but they kind of have like this kind of unspoken bond, I guess. So he sees the homeless guy and he's like, What's happening? So he he kind of chases him down. This other preppy dude, um what was his name? Paul? Mike, yeah, Paul, Paul.
1: Paul? yeah.
0: Paul. He yeah, he's Paul, like is he the quarterback? Uh, and, and or
1: he's a, he's on the football team, he's a hero. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: yeah I, think he, I think he's a quarterback or a wide receiver or something, but yeah, he's a star. And uh, he's on a date with Shawnee Smith's character, Meg, and um, and they're driving on the car along the road. And the homeless guy juts out in front of the car. He kind of hits him, and and then Kevin Dillon comes out after. And everyone thinks Kevin Dillon is just the worst guy in town. Uh, and and we see he's not. But uh, but and so they're like, oh man, you know, we got to take this guy to the hospital. And then and then Paul's like, all right, whatever, get in the back seat. And then so they all go to The hospital, and then once he's in the hospital, the guy's lower half just gets totally an arm totally gets eaten by this blob and just basically acidically disintegrates, and then it consumes other people.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: And eventually, gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, there's more to say about it, but we'll we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, it's you gotta be careful. I want to say there's spoilers in a movie about a blob, but there are spoilers in a movie about a blob and because i yeah. think i think um real quick christian have you have you did you see this film before the idea came up for the podcast were you familiar with the blob the remake uh- I had seen it,
3: but uh, as we've discussed many times now, I like to, back in the day, to so drink a lot. Well, what I, you know, My thing was, you know, I drink a lot of alcohol, watch horror movies, and that would be like my weekend. So I didn't necessarily remember everything that I saw. So I had seen it before. There were snippets that I remembered from it. Um, so I'm glad I got to rewatch it
1: again recently, like, you know, sober. <laughs> so quick question. Uh, the thing is very graphic, very gory, very bloody, very gross. The The fly is all those things. How would you rate the gore and the grossness in the in the blob as compared to the other two, Ethan?
0: I think it's uh, I think it's maybe just as gross, but it's more comedic though. Um, definitely more comedic. I think it's and intentionally uh, it's supposed to be kind of more along the lines of like Night of the Creeps or like um, uh, what's another like Return of the Living Dead maybe mm-hmm. um, or even <laughs> Evil th- Dead, right? but even or, yeah! Or, oh yeah! Exactly. Evil Dead, like it, but heightened even. Um, I think it's. I think all three of these might be the. I. I in my opinion, I think. We, I think these remakes uh, constitute the three, my three favorite, um, practical or just effects horror effects in the '80s. Yeah. Um, I think all of them are great. Um, but but this. I. And I'm, I'm gonna say this right away. The 50, 1958 original Blob, mm-hmm. is. Um, one on, on any given day could be my favorite horror movie of all time, um, and that's the only reason why I said that this one—that um, there's one movie that's <laughs> that's not as good as the original. But this one is also my favorite of all three of these movies that we're talking about today. So, so I mean, they're very close.
1: So, we, um,
0: but I love Steve McQueen, and uh, that's the movie that got me into um, 50s sci-fi, and which I love.
1: So the original Blob—that's the one where like a 40 year old Steve McQueen plays a teenager right
0: yeah. like I think he's like 28 but yeah.
1: he looks old in the film he, yeah. he looks it was it was
0: his, it was essentially his first main it was his first starring role he, in yeah. a movie
1: which is funny because he would go off to other things like was he in bullet he was bullet right
0: yeah okay. yeah he was bullet
1: okay so real quick uh, i will say this the remake of the blob does not have a theme song so the original mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it doesn't have a it doesn't have a theme, a theme song that sings itself which is kind of disappointing <laughs> Um, but but I will say this uh, I've I've watched this movie for over thirty years I was a favorite of mine on VHS I wore it out and I didn't before I knew anything about films I did not know what I'm about to say but I did not know that the Blob was actually directed by the guy who did in my opinion the best Nightmare on Elm Street Chuck Russell he did uh, Nightmare on mm-hmm. Elm Street three the Dream Warriors and that's awesome that one yeah, yeah and he was written by Frank Daramont who would go off to well Ooh, yeah. Shawshank Redemption and you know The Walking Dead and, so, I mean, these and The Fly 2. And The Fly 2. Yeah, The well, Fly 2, Fly 2. Um, <laughs> Return of the Maggot. But I will say, but the pedigree is there. And when you look at it, um, you said this is your favorite of the three, Ethan, right? I'm yeah. almost right yeah. there because in some ways this is almost my favorite too because this is almost a perfect horror film. And and by, I don't mean horror as in scary because I don't think this movie is very scary. I, I think this movie is, mm-hmm. it feels modern in a way I think The Thing and The Fly don't. If I don't, maybe you could remake this with better effects. I don't know, but I like the effects a lot. I think the practical effects yeah. are really, really good. But at the beginning, I mean, would you say, and Christian, this is this question's for you. Would you say that this movie subverts expectations about what to expect when you first start watching it?
3: Oh, absolutely. I, I remember um, when I was going to watch this. I was expecting it to be crap. <laughs> I thought this is this is going to be some B grade crappy movie but you know I, that's like say the first time i watched it with alcohol because that's like, I like watching be great film and then i was surprised at how good it was and then re-watching again recently yeah this is a great it's a great horror film yeah you you expect it and you know it's called the blob and the poster's a bit cheesy and the poster a,
1: sucks by the way the, the poster's terrible
0: yeah but it's, it's not a, good horror. Yeah, the the, uh, the dvd i think it's Shout factory the new artwork i think is better for it
1: it's a terrible poster
3: but it's yeah. fun, like I say, it's just got a completely different tone, and it's surprisingly gory. I just, I was pretty impressed with the effects. The story is really simple, you know, the small town horror scenario, you know, and the the bad, the bad kid with the leather jacket, you know, Lacey, like, all he the pop culture, you, you know what you, yeah, you know what you're gonna get, and it's just a, it's a great film. It was surprisingly good, and it's one that you can like rewatch. I mean, it's not my favorite out of three. I still like The Thing is number one for me, but The Blob, it, mate. this is one you can take someone on a date with. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
1: So
0: yeah, I think you should.
1: Yeah, Corey. So let's go back to the date thing for a second, since you're uh... sure. Yeah. So this is a film where multiple women get dissolved into into the blob. Um, This this is this is this is the rare film where the hero gets eaten in the first twenty minutes. A child gets dissolved and eaten. Oh yeah. And (laughs) nothing. (laughs) So, So
2: I will say I've not seen the blob. But I have seen The
1: Stuff. Oh, yeah, The Stuff's okay. It's not as oh, good as The Blob. yeah, Stuff.
2: And, you know, I say by yeah. not seeing, I've obviously, again, there's big chunks of The Blob that I've seen by just virtue of just, like, I've existed in America post-20, like, post-1980, really. Like, that's how it works. Um, so, yeah, I mean, from the perspective of a social thing, I feel like I could take somebody to the blob and it'd be fine. It'd be a cute, quirky kind of thing. But something like the thing where it's a lot more realistic and gruesome, maybe not so much.
1: Well, you know, Christian, you mentioned a minute ago that, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, Brian, you know, the bad boy. He's got the leather jacket. He rides a motorcycle. He smokes. He's the bad boy. He's set up as – And he's got the hair. Yeah, the hair. Well, all that hairspray. But then you have, like, the clean-cut, you know, the quarterback. He's he's dating the girl. He's he's a nice guy. He's helping out the homeless person. He's a nice guy. Like, these are nice people. There's no yeah. asshole in these film, But, well, except the druggist. Well, yeah. Except the druggist and the priest. But, mm. and spoiler, spoiler, uh, the guy who you think is going to be the hero gets killed right away. And he gets well, killed. Well,
0: that's what's so good about it.
1: Yeah, he gets really, yeah. he gets killed really, 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 really gruesomely, by the way. Can we just mm. say that? He's not- one of the best deaths, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah he gets he gets absorbed yeah, it, and you see his eyeballs melt out It's filth
0: well, you know we learn right away I mean the opening scene you learn that this that the people behind this are pretty clever. Um, they show the the little empty small town they go through the town it's empty, like crickets it's like it's like a quiet place and um, and you think you know something happened, a disaster hit, but no, they're just all at a football game. And you're like, okay, this you know, these guys know what they're doing. They know how to kind of play with our, play with audience. Um, and, and then the whole first act, you have these kind of three leads and, um, you know, the way they're structured isn't good or bad. Like each one, each three, I mean, and I'm talking about, uh, flag Paul and then the sheriff, um, each one is kind of a hero in his own story, but then the antagonist in someone in one of the other person's stories. And I think that was so cool. Like you have flag, who's the antagonist for the other two. And then Paul is the antagonist to Flag's story. And then, and, and then the same with the sheriff. And, um, and I just think that's such an interesting, uh, spin on, on it. And, and then obviously you have, yeah, one of the, one of them gets <laughs> killed tw- yet yeah, something 28 minutes in, uh, And I just think that that's kind of cool. And a lot of times in movies, uh, you know, it's like the characters turn into the hero so much so that, like, the filmmakers forget who they were beforehand, before they started on the journey. Uh, But this one always stays true to the personality of our rebel protagonist, who was also kind of unconventional uh, for a hero to be just this snarky, reluctant, uh, you know, really... really, uh, yeah, yeah, bad boy, I guess, yeah, and, and that's, he's not, I mean, we see those guys be heroes, but also they kind of compromise their personality later on in the movie to make them kind of coded a little bit more heroic. But this guy is definitely, all the way through, he's uh, negative and, and <laughs> pessimistic and, uh, and and snarky, and they never uh, let up on that, which yep. I think is really cool.
1: Well, can yeah. we just give a shout-out to Meg, the, the female lead, because she starts off as real mousy, and, uh, and by the end, she's got yeah. weapons, and she's blasting away the blob, and she becomes a badass.
0: Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, the characters in this are very um, uh, meticulously plotted out, I think.
1: Well, um, I again, think cool. I mean, I think we're past the point of spoilers, but at the beginning, you mentioned this an alien form. But as the movie goes, it, it sort of resets itself. About what it is Mm -hmm. like Uh. at first, you think it's one thing, and then they they flip it around, and the characters you think are going to be here aren't there, and the plot you think is the plot switches. So my question to you is, and I'll start with you, Christian, is we hear that word subverting expectations. It's become overused tripe. It's a way to make excuses for bad writing, I think, and make excuses for uh, ineptitude. But you know, Star Wars, but. (laughs) <laughs> when it when well when it comes to something like the Blob, when it how do you think it is? Do you think this movie genuinely does? I don't want to say they say yank the rug out from under you, but do you think it 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 does subvert expectations of what you think a horror movie called The Blob should be?
3: Yeah, it does absolutely. I mean, the story—I like say it's a pretty simple story. I don't want to give any more extra spoilers, but you're right; it does pull the the rug out. But it's it's not like. Oh, the butler did it like you say for lazy writing it's it's, it's well done like when you look at how the story is it's it's a little bit more complicated than what you initially think i think that's, that's one of the reasons why it, like i said i went in expecting a b-grade crappy movie and gone on this has actually got a pretty good story and the, the premise i thought the setup was great and then when you find out what's really going on you're like oh okay that that's cool too i mean you see it used all the time now like i, I think it pretty much has spawned oh, i'm sure this film's before this i've done it but you know the the reveal that happens is used in just about every horror or like um, I'm trying to use the words. I don't, I don't want to reveal the end, but you know, you, you've seen this premise used over, you, you've seen this used over and over again where the, the real bad guys uh, you go, oh, you see it all the time now, but like everyone like does it now. It's thrown in Whereas this one. It's just done. It's, it's so simple and well-crafted. It's just done. It's done really well. And so you, when it, when it happens, you're like, Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Of course it is. You know? So I, I really liked it.
1: Yeah. You know, and, you were mentioning you want to spoil anything and I won't either but even when you think the real bad guys have been revealed there's still more surprises because even mm. the real bad guys yeah. aren't quite as bad as you thought they were yeah. it's yeah it it just yeah. it, it's very i don't want to say it's intelligent but it's clever and it uh, another yeah, thing I nothing about the film is yeah hmm. it,
3: the thing I love about it is that it's got like an awesome body count. You know what I mean now? I like I like nasty movies. Yeah. And it's like it's like it's like Game of Thrones. Don't get attached to anybody. Hey. Like it's just uh, there are like some really nice characters in there that you expect to get through and then you're like, Oh man, okay, well I was they like, oh, they done.
0: It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, or the love the love story of the cop and the uh and the waitress and it's like it dead ends. It just doesn't go anywhere. No, they finally <laughs> yeah, get they finally the- get
1: No, no, no. No, they get together. They finally get together, just not <laughs> the way they thought. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um and yeah, you like Game of Thrones, I I want to I want to be clear about this. Uh a child dies in this film gruesomely. Like not oh. a little not a not like oh, he's dead. No, he's a child gets dissolved in this film, and you won't see that anymore. When people talk about the 80s, I think they're talking about movies like The Blob because you would never see that. I can't imagine like Disney Plus putting a, mo- a movie on where a child gets dissolved in acid. You know, I just I don't oh, yeah.
0: Roger I don't... Ebert would be furious, by the way. I'm sure he was so mad at that child getting dissolved.
1: Yeah, he's selectively outraged, by the way. I know, he, you know, R.I.P. Yeah. to him. But like, if he was feeling like, like, I think he does what he, I think he does what Christian does. I think he was probably on something when he watched when he watches certain films, <laughs> and his opinion changes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this this film is great. It's funny. It's satire. Oh no, this film is offensive.
0: Yeah. yeah. He liked uh he liked Escape from LA by the way.
1: Yeah, he did, didn't he? I did he like the first one? Yeah.
0: Uh I don't I don't know about that one. I don't
1: know.
0: But, but
1: he he is yeah. the
0: only Wait, well, I, I do want to know. Hmm? Good.
1: No, I was going to say you know, go ahead, go ahead, I was going to say Ebert is the only critic I know though that admits he was wrong about a film though. I've never you don't really hear critics yes. admit they're wrong. So
0: Yes. He he uh, he's he is uh very respectable and I mean still he's still probably my favorite critic ever. He is. But, oh,
1: no, go on.
0: Oh, I was going to I was going to ask what you guys' favorite um kill was or or uh, effect in this movie.
3: Yeah, oh, Paul uh yeah, the 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 quarterback's death. Like the the guy you think is going to be the hero, oh, yeah. the start, it, like his one is just, just so graphic <laughs> and the expression on his face. <laughs> I, mean, actually, I, I probably sound awful if I I'm laughing, but it's so it's <laughs> like he's getting dissolved. it's awesome. Yeah, his is my favorite death. <laughs> it's, it's so <laughs> What that
0: about, great.
1: what about yours, Ethan?
0: Uh, honestly, mine's. I love. I've always loved the one where um, Shawnee Smith's character lifts the girl up off the floor in the movie theater, and her face like stringily <laughs> sticks to the floor. Spaghetti. Oh, man, I just think that's so clever. <laughs> the spaghetti. Yeah, it's so good. It's like it melts, yeah, it's like gum on the floor, and then she lifts it up and it's sticking. Uh, it's so it's so um, memorable.
1: My f- my favorite one is probably the guy who gets sucked into the drain. And because you're oh, because, yeah, because really you're good. thinking to yourself, how is a human body going to fit in a drain, a sink drain? Well, they fi- they figured it out. Yeah. They answer that question. Um, second second runner up, even though it's not realistic, it's one of the scenes when the blob is chasing people and it splats that one guy, and he comes up and the guy's mm. flat like a cartoon character. Oh, yeah. it's oh, just, yeah. I know it looks terrible, Red but Dean. it's just it's just funny.
0: Yeah. Well, there are those little homages to the original. I think. Um, and and it's cool because I I don't think that the filmmakers looked at the fifty eight one as as an inferior movie, but they almost looked at it in reverence, and you can tell that they really admired it. And so they kind of threw in these little campy yeah. uh, moments like that too. Like obviously, like the they jello. could have probably made it look better, but I think yeah, like I think they did it on purpose. Um, I don't know. It was really cool.
1: Now, quick question, Corey, as someone who's who hasn't seen sure. The Blob a hundred times. This week. Right, right? <laughs> so, uh, real quick, because we have to have an answer from you. Uh, video game related blobism. Uh, what is a noticeable uh, blob inspiration as it connects to video games that you that stands out to you?
2: So the biggest one, we look back to the Super Nintendo, and uh, in the '90s we had a game called Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Have you heard of that one? Oh yeah. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Zombies that my had a lot in common with the blob in particular. Um, the way you would defeat the blob enemy in that game is to use popsicles because it's vulnerable to cold.
1: <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> uh, you'd use popsicles, you would use uh, fire extinguishers, anything cold, and you could defeat it that way. Um, also, if the blob were to attack when your neighbors were around, it would just blob them briefly. You could still save them. So it wouldn't kill them immediately, which is appropriate for the film because I'm watching the, the death scenes right now. They definitely didn't die quick. It was a long-term kind of thing. Like, you could have done something, guys. Come on.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. I think that's kind of what makes it a little more gruesome. Like, they're just – they all suffered tremendously.
2: <laughs> right, the fact that, some, that, that something yeah. could have been done, and yet in what I'm seeing, the people who could have saved them didn't do it. So that's – you know it's horrifying. Yeah. It's got a human element to it too. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: But definitely not was open. the
0: blob and zombies ate my neighbor? Was that green? It was green, yeah. It
2: was. It was red. It was a flop about and drop. Oh, red okay,
1: yeah. blob bits on top different.
2: of people's heads and yeah, yeah.
1: So, so Corey, do the um the characters in Resident Evil often inject themselves with serum that they feel is going to evolve them into humanity's next you know next level of perfection? But us. Uh,
2: Certainly our villain Wesker would do that.
1: But it often turns them into creatures that are blob-like.
2: Certainly so, that does happen too. yes.
1: So I, yeah, I don't know how growing eyeballs on your back is an evolution. but Let you see behind you. So the question, though, the question remains is when it comes to video games and related to, like, blob issues, uh, how come you think we haven't seen the blob as, like, this amorphous c- creature that's unthinking – become, like, a protagonist in games, the way we've seen, like, Freddy, Jason, and everything else? How come the blob has been sort of forgotten?
2: You know, funny story we totally have. There was a game on the Sega Genesis back in the 90s called The Ooze, where you played as what was essentially the blob. Um, It was terrible. You wouldn't want to play it. And I think uh, the reason for your question is probably because it's not the most easy, easy thing to control. It'd be difficult to, like, come up with a control scheme for a creature like this.
1: You remember, wasn't there a game that came out last year that you liked called carrion have you did you ever play it
2: yeah well of course I, I liked it of course I played it well was that
1: wasn't that kind of a blob character
2: yeah kind of um definitely more of an aggressive sort of blob the blob that I'm seeing in these uh clips is more of a passive creature like oh no you touched it now you're dead not like this creature is actively coming out and hunting you
1: which which blob are you looking at
2: I'm looking at the uh the blob from 1988
1: Okay, the one that dissolves children and eats people in the movie theater.
2: Didn't see it eat a children, eat a child, but yes.
1: Or, or, or eats the, eats the date rapist.
2: Like certainly, somebody a bunch of people get eaten. Like <laughs> there, there is definitely a situation where a lot of people get devoured. It is a thing.
1: He's a, he's a, he's a. Like, yeah. let me ask you a question. I'll start with you, Christian. Before we uh, close this one up, so it's the blob. It doesn't have eyes. It doesn't have you know real limbs. It doesn't have anything. It doesn't. So. Is the fact that it's a non-thinking, non-psychological character does it make it more terrifying or does it make it boring?
3: It's interesting, like like in one facet, yeah, you could sit there and like if, if you were if I hadn't seen it on screen, and you're, oh, there's this is blob and it's, this just always you. I'm like, oh, geez, that sounds really scary. Like, <laughs> like I think like as an idea, it doesn't. Um, I, I think it's kind of boring. But then when you see when you see it play out on screen. And when you just see, like, say, the, like the slow, horrific, and painful way that it takes people out, because you're alive, like when it comes for you, and there's like so there's no negotiating with it, there's no speaking with it, there's no like, you know, it, it can come up through pipes, it can uh, encircle, you know, because of its sheer size, it can encircle you if you're in a telephone booth. I think it's terrifying. So, um, yeah, it is actually a terrifying creature. But at first, if you if you don't see it, it's not. It sounds boring.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, like the where you're at. The guy with the yo-yo being dissolved didn't look like he was having a good time.
0: So, so. it's it's almost more disrespectful to get killed by something with no face than than is to get killed by like Jason Voorhees or something. You're like, okay, at least this guy's, you know, at least I deserved my death because this person stalked (laughs) me. But it's like, wow, I was, you know, it just kind of feels more um, worthless to get killed by this creature that's not visually nightmarish, but um still stalks you nonetheless. Uh and it has kind of a personality, I guess. You know, the little freezer scene, it's like, ah, I think it gets back out.
1: Yeah.
0: And then it it uh this one definitely has more of a personality than the original, I think, the blob itself.
1: It is it is
3: funny. It's, indis- hmm? it's indiscriminatory. Like it just it just whoever gets in this that's why like that kid that yeah. you know, eats the kid doesn't care that you're a kid whereas like some villains um, you know, for example, like Freddy Krueger, he's got a specific person you know, that he goes for, or like, you know, certain, like, certain, yeah. like, bad or guys. J- J- Jason
0: Voorhees won't, yeah, Jason won't kill animals, or children, actually, he didn't kill, in six, he didn't kill the girl.
3: Yeah, whereas the the blob
1: is just indiscriminate, like, if you're in his path, you're gone.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does not, does not judge you, he just kills you.
1: You know, a lot of horror movies, though, they cheat, though, they get a, they get away with that by not having those characters in the film. So it's not mm-hmm. really an option, but the blob it'll just eat anything that's in its way. Yum yum. But yeah. uh, I'll say this though, yeah,
0: yeah uh, that definitely speaks to how the characters are structured too. Like, there's no good or bad really.
1: Well, you like them. I mean, for the most part, you like the characters. You don't yeah. want to see them get eaten. You want yeah. the, you want you know the cafe owner to get with the sheriff, like which they yeah. did. <laughs> they did get together, but I mean not protoplasmically. Yeah. You know, they alive. Mm-hmm. But. um I was going to say I was surprised to find out that the Blob has its own uh convention. Blobfest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Blobfest in Philadelphia yeah. Philadelphia, yeah.
1: That is so weird. Like the I mean they I get the it. The
0: theater that the original one was in.
1: And they reenact the uh the scene when they run out. That's their big deal. Yep. Yeah. Huh, yeah. The, the things that get fandom. I've always
0: wanted to go. I've oh. always wanted to go to Blobfest someday.
1: Some your dream will your dream will be accomplished. Um I do
0: want to go to Yeah, I want to go for years.
1: Corey, I'm going to leave the last question to you because uh, I know for a fact that one of your favorite movies is The Room. Yeah. And, and so, when you he is you have you met, did you meet uh, Greg or or no?
2: I've met uh, I've met bro, both Greg Sestero and Tom Hiddleston.
1: Are they as wacky in real life as they seem on film?
2: No, they are very grateful for the amount of fame they've gotten. They're very normal people, so far as I can tell. Well, it's awesome.
1: The The Room is a film that that demands audience participation it wouldn't work without it yes um, right when you look at the blob like a key scene in the blob in both movies is the movie theater scene where the blob is eating patrons and you know there's even that mm-hmm. meta scene in this one where they're watching that fake slasher movie what was it called axe kills or something i don't know
0: uh, uh, garden tool killers
1: garden tool killer or garden... <laughs> and so yeah. um do you think that one of the reasons why The Blob has become more popular, or even The Thing has become more popular, and The Fly is certainly popular, is because the audiences participate. Like, they be, like they keep the films alive We've
2: uh, We've had at least two years now where it is generally frowned upon to go to movie theaters. So, yes, I think the idea of a film where you see a world where it's fine to go to a theater, it's encouraged to go to a theater, in fact. I think that gives a lot of people a little bit of hope. And um, yeah, absolutely. I think that that helps with the popularity of these films.
1: You said you went to go see uh, a reissue of The Thing with The girl that walked I did. out. I
2: well, did.
1: Was the how was the theater uh, audience? Was it was it packed,
2: packed to the brim. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah they, it's it's funny because we don't have we don't ordinarily have that opportunity, even in the best of times. You know, pre pandemic, where people can watch old films like in theaters, and I, I wish that I hope that changes a little bit. So. I hope
2: so too absolutely
1: so real quick I think that's the three films I think that's a good time to wrap it up so final thoughts on the blob Christian final thoughts
3: yeah the blob is is definitely up there as one of those uh, classic 80 movies that you have to see it's surprisingly funny like there's a date rape scene in there that should be awful <laughs> but that actually ends up being quite a humorous scene um, <clears throat> and as you say you got like kids getting killed it's just a I don't know it's a great horror popcorn flick it's got it's got everything in it yeah and you can you can take a girl on a date
0: to see that one
1: <laughs> I, w- I, w- I want to record. I want to play back what you just said because it's the most awesome thing I've ever heard you say. Like it's surprisingly funny. There's a date rape scene, and he gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he gets it. But even the lead up to it, right? That whole scene.
3: Like what's happening is terrible, but it's been done in such a way <laughs> that it's hum- it's humorous, and he gets the he trunk gets coming to him. It's so it's good.
0: The trunk of the car he's got like <laughs> the rings in the box. Oh man, yeah. that trunk <laughs> is awesome! His,
1: it's just so silly. It's so over the top silly. His, I love yeah. it. His Bill Cosby <laughs> trunk of his car. Yeah, but that poor girl though, she gets sucked inward like a vacuum cleaner before oh, yeah. before the date rapist. Yeah, the blob is indiscriminate. In some ways, he's the real hero of the film. Or it's the real hero. Of the film. So uh, anyway, yeah. So I think uh, I think that's going to be it. I think that's a good place to wrap this up. Uh, so you have been listening to the PopSara's Movie Time Podcast, Halloween, where we have been discussing the best horror remakes of the 1980s that have the word "the" in the title. I'm sorry, folks. There is no way to make that sentence sound grammatically correct. Uh, we have been talking about the thing from 1982. We have been talking about the fly from 1986, and finally, lastly, and not leastly, we've been talking about the blob from 1988. Uh, consensus. Uh, I'll do one quick roundtable. It's how we all felt. Ethan, what do you think? All good. All recommendations.
0: All all good. All recommendations. I think uh, my favorite's the blob of the three, but I think uh, the the first two might be a little more acquired if you if you're not familiar with the horror genre. Um, or have a queasy stomach, but the second one, I think, uh, it's a little queasy, but at the same time, I think it's it's uh, a lot more accessible.
1: Yeah.
3: Christian, same question? Yeah, I recommend all three. They're all, if you've never seen any of these films, these are all three films that you should see. They they hold up. Um, yeah, okay, there's some of that you go, okay, because it's the 80s, like old computers and whatnot, but they definitely hold up. Um, and yeah, I rate them all. And for me, the things that my favorite out of the three, but they're all great films. We,
1: we couldn't convince you to switch over to Team Blob. No, no, the nope. thing, the thing, I thing, think that childhood scarring that
3: traumatized me, <laughs> that's just been embedded in my soul now, and The Thing is just number one on those three.
1: Corey, final thing with you. Same question.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, The Thing as well, actually. I think that uh, if a modern audience were to watch, it does the best job of being both kind of intriguing and kind of horrifying. Um, the the Fly does a great job being horrifying, and I think the uh, special effects really stand up. And I think The Blob mostly focuses on The Horrifying as opposed to being intriguing. And I don't know if it would serve so well in a world where we've got movies like The Babadook. So um, nah, I'm going to vote for The th- for the Thing.
1: <laughs> that came out of left field, but I don't disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree with all you guys. I, I think depending on the day of the week, I prefer one or the other. But I think out of all of them, I think overall, my honest opinion is I think The Fly is my favorite of the three. But that is, that is completely subjective. Like it, it could change tomorrow. And with that, I want to thank everybody for listening to this Halloween spooktacular where we've been talking about horror remakes. And we will see everybody next Halloween. Bye-bye.
0: Subscribe to the Popsar Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app or service today.